0: So Luke chapter 1, and we're going to do quite a bit of reading. So, last week we were kind of, we started out in Ruth and we kind of jumped to Matthew. We established the lineage of Jesus, Um, and so we've kind of established that the, the bloodline and, and some of that stuff and I want us to look at today and so I was going to ask you guys a couple of questions um, that are it's kind of common sense questions but how many of you are completely done preparing for Christmas? None of y'all realize it getting down to like the last part of this so How many of you still have stuff to do to be ready for Christmas? Okay. All right. So what we're going to look at today is is God is preparing for Christmas. The difference in Him and y'all is He's not going, Oh my gosh, I forgot. Oh my goodness, I can't find this. If God made it, He just made it. He, did, he, didn't, he didn't get caught off guard. He didn't forget things. He's been preparing for this day for thousands and thousands of years. And so it was the, it was the perfect Christmas plan. And, and what we're going to see today in Luke is this was just a small part of everything that had to take place. And we're talking about thousands of years worth of prophecies. You know, where Jesus was going to be born, the bloodline that he was going to be born into. All of that we talked about last week in Bethlehem and the, and the bloodline, the lineage of David and, and it going back to Abraham and this stuff. And this was, these are big deals. These are big deals. Uh, so we're just going to start in, in Luke chapter 1. And, and, and I love what Luke says here. Um, this, is, this is just a. It's a statement within itself. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled. The prophecies that have been fulfilled. All the, the, the things that... What was there? Seven? Is there 800? I, I don't know. There's, there's like four or five. I can't remember what it is. Four or five hundred. I can't remember. There's a lot of prophecies, and Jesus filled them all. And there's still some to come, you know. Not everything has been completed yet. There's still prophecies that have been foretold that have yet to come, and and we we may get to witness some of those things uh, in our lifetimes. But the point is, is that many have taken um, up the the pen and the pencil, the pencil and the paper. They many have taken up. Um, undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the Word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything, carefully investigated, I've put time into this, From the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, uh, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to a priestly division of, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, but we'll say abba. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zacharias' division was on duty and he was serving, this is, verse 8 is a very important verse right here, And he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by law, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled uh, worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So he's in there, he's burning the incense, it's his job, it's his time. they did you remember how many that they did they did so many on and so many off there was there was a, a group of them, and so there was a certain amount. do you remember because I didn't look it up but you was you wasn't always there um you wasn't always in there um so you you served, but there were different divisions, and so it was his division's term, so he's in there. He's serving, he's burning the incense. Um, It says, "...then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer, not prayers, but your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to call him John." He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of His birth. For He will be great in the sight of the Lord. Um, any moms have that, that experience when, before you were pregnant? While you are pregnant, an angel of the Lord appeared to you? and, and yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if an angel of the Lord appeared to you and said, look, your kid's going to be great. And he's going to be a joy to the Lord. That would be something to be excited about. Um, And many will rejoice of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And we actually see that later on. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. So to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So what what is something that you've heard said about John that kind of goes along with this? What, what, What might you have heard? He prepared the way. And that's what, that's what the angel of the Lord is telling him. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. In other words, God is coming and He's going to prepare the way. He's going to get the people ready. Well, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is old and well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel, I wish I could make this sound like, I mean like, in my mind I'm going, he's like, I'm Gabriel. In other words, you're doubting me and I'm Gabriel. And he says, I stand in the presence of God Almighty. It's almost like, how dare you? I don't think I can stress that enough. But uh, verse 19, he says, then the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you on God's behalf and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah, and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. Um, when his time of service was completed, he returned home. After his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and, and for five months, he remained in seclusion um, the Lord has done this for me, she said, and these days He has shown me favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. And then we get a story of, it, it skips down to, to Mary. Um, and So Mary is going to go visit Elizabeth. And, and here's what I want you to see. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So see, John was, the Bible said he would already be filled with the Spirit and we can see that his spirit bared the Spirit with Jesus' Spirit even though they were still in the womb and they still bared witness with each other. And the Bible says that even while he was in the womb, he leapt. For joy. And then all of a sudden, Elizabeth was filled with that same spirit. So, that's a good,
1: um, that's a,
0: just a good little side note. alright We're going to skip down to v- 57. When it was time for Elizabeth, Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son, her neighbors and relatives. Now, you've got you to remember and think, these people are very traditional. They have customs. They don't just go, yeah, no, we did that last year, but I didn't feel like it this year. No, like they, they were like people standing over there going, check, 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 check. Where's, where's the candles? Oh, we forgot the candles. We're done. That's like, they were just that traditional and everything. So, um, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. And, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day when they came to circumcise the child and they were going to make him after his, name him after his father, Zachariah, but his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. And so they, keep in mind, this is neighbors, friends, family, relatives, saying, they said to her, But there isn't anyone among your relatives who has that name. So then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. So I kind of found it and found it a little funny that the mom says, "Well, here's what we're going to name her." And the family and the relatives and the friends and the neighbors were like, "Hang on, let's go ask the dad before we do this." Like kind of like that would step on your toes just a little bit, don't you think? If if, if you were in the in the Hospital room, and somebody said, Oh, he's so cute. What did you name him? We named him Bill. I'm going to go talk to Chris about this first. Hold on before we just, you know, before we write this on the birth certificate. Uh, And that's just kind of another little side note I just thought was interesting. So they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. Well, we know what John became. We know what become of John. Um, John was a preparer. John was a voice of one in the wilderness, crying in the, crying in the wilderness, crying in the desert. Uh, make straight the way and the path of the Lord. Um, we know, we know of John as he was a baptizer. Um, we are a Baptist church. Baptist Baptism has a lot to do with, with our belief system. Um, and John was called John the Baptist. Um, he is the one who was baptizing when he saw Jesus coming. He's been telling them and telling them and telling them. He's been preparing the way. He's the one that when he saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's John. Um, he's also the one who said, I'm not worthy to untie his shoes, unlatch his sandals, as he would say. But to us, it's, I'm not worthy to tie his shoes. I tie shoes quite frequently at AIS from kids that don't know how to tie their shoes. And, and some of them just, you know, are, are, are slower. They have a hard time learning. And so it's not uncommon for me to go, hey, shoes untied in their like. Yeah, I'll touch her shoes. I don't like it, but I do it. Uh, But it's not uncommon. Lisa, you probably have to do that quite frequently too, don't you? Um, We've all been at that point. uh, When you were here, how many shoes did you tie during that time? Thousands, yeah. And John says, Look, I ain't even worthy. Ain't worthy to touch his shoes. Because people were saying, "Is, Is he, John, or? you the Messiah? Are you, are you this guy? Are you this? And John was like, Mm-mm. look, I ain't even worthy to be in the same room with this guy. And so when Jesus comes along, He's like, look, John, I want you to baptize me. And John was like, I ain't baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And John was like, no, it's, Jesus was like, this is going to happen. You're going to baptize me. And, I mean, you just, you just don't tell God no. I mean, you just, you don't feel worthy. You don't feel, but you just do it. Um, And we could take a lesson from that because how many times have we had an opportunity or where somebody says, hey, would y'all be willing to do this? Or, hey, can you help us out here? And we're just like, well, I'm just really not worthy. And and that's not what they ask you. They didn't come up and say, hey, Lizzie, are you qualified to do this? They said, hey, will you help? You know what I mean? They didn't say, hey, Chuck, can I... Can you bring me your resume to let me see if you're qualified to go help me do this, to be a to help this ministry? They didn't ask that question. They just said, "Hey, we're going to do this. Could you come help?" And we're just like, "Well, you just—I don't really feel worthy, or I don't, I'm not really good at that, or I'm not." And 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 I'm sure that John had those moments, especially when it comes time to baptize Jesus. But it had to be done, and so he just did it. And we can we can learn a lot from that. Um, but I want us to I want us to establish a little bit who John was, and, and John kind of prepared the way. At this point, John's ministry, when when Jesus was born, John's ministry wasn't up and going. Okay, he was six months old. Okay, he 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 wasn't he wasn't baptizing people when Jesus was born and all that stuff. He he was still an infant himself, and so but here's what I do want us to see. I want us to go back up to, to verse 8. And I'm not going to drag this out. I'm going I'm to get to this. But Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, that implies that they've been on duty many times. This was just once. This was the one time when they were on duty and he was in the temple that the angel of the Lord... Okay, So once was Zacharias' division was on duty, and he was serving as priest. He's in the temple. He's lighting the incense. He is in what they would consider the temple, the altar, the area where the presence of the Lord was. Okay, Because he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. So he was in there by himself. He was lighting the incense, or he was in there with the other, other, whoever I don't know. But then, we know that while he was in there and he was burning incense, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. So he tells Zachariah, "The Lord has heard your prayer." And He's going to answer your prayer. And you're going to have a son. Right? Your wife Elizabeth is going to have a son. Right? And so if we uh, skip down to verse 18, this is Zechariah's response. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Because I'm old. She's old. Then the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. As we said earlier, from God. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until this day happens. So he was... The angel says, you're going to have a baby. Zachariah says, Hmm? How? And the angel says, okay. You don't believe? I'm just going to make you silent. Notice... Verse 20. Next one, Ty. Because you did not believe. Because you did not believe. So here's what I want you to see. This is is the moral of the message. Here is Zechariah, who is going to be the father of John the Baptist, of whom Jesus said, No man born of woman and man has ever lived that comes close to John. That's what Jesus said. Like I didn't say it, you didn't say it, Jesus said that about John. Here's Zachariah, who is going to father the greatest man potentially to ever walk, man that ever walked the face of this earth. According to Jesus... He's doing the Lord's work. He believes in all this stuff. He's in the temple. An angel appears to him and says, you're going to have a son. And he's like, I don't know about that. And the angel says, you don't blame him? I'll tell you what. I'm sure it offended him. If angels get offended, I don't know if they get offended or not. You know, I mean, We don't know. But if they do, I mean, but it, but it, it set him off because he said, okay, you don't believe? You're not going to be able to speak until this baby is born. And that was his punishment. But yet, he's in the temple doing the Lord's work. That's what I found ironic about all this. He's not out in the field. He's not out at the creek fishing. He's in the temple. He's a chosen man doing what only a handful of men get to do. And he's in there doing it. All these crazy things happen. An angel appears to him. He, he, we don't question his belief in everything else. We just question his belief in what he was told. And he questions what he was told. Not what he knew, but what he was told.
1: And he was punished. while he was in
0: the temple doing the Lord's work. Does that register with you that could it be possible that you can be out here doing all the work in the world
1: but if you don't believe
0: it ain't very pleasing to the Lord. Does that make sense? That's what I see from this because he's doing it He's lighting incense. He's on duty. I can't remember, Tara. You, I wish I would look this up, but it never really dawned on me. Like, they did it for a certain amount of time, and then they were off. I don't remember how long, but but they were there. They didn't. It, this it wasn't a nine-to-five job because you had to go through all these ceremonies just to be able to get inside the temple. Because if you took sin in there, if you went in there unclean, you'd be struck down. So they didn't go home, deal with kids, They didn't go home and deal with the wife. They didn't go home and deal with the cattle and and and, and all this stuff. They stayed there. Because they didn't they didn't there was no distractions. You didn't want to go in there with the fact that you got a ticket on the way there and you was in a bad mood. You know what I mean? Like you just once you got there, you stayed there until your time was up. And so he's there doing this. But because of his unbelief, he was punished. And so I wonder how many times we've worked and we've done all this stuff all the while and we really don't even believe what it is that we're... we don't believe in what we're doing. But it's become a tradition. As we talked about with the Pharisees, it became tradition. It became way more about the customs. As was a custom, they wanted to name him John, but the people said, but you don't have anybody in your family's name that's John. In other words, you can't do that. Tradition holds that he has to be named after the father or a family member. That's tradition. You can't break tradition, Elizabeth. So before you do, we're going to go talk to Zechariah. Because he's the man. He'll be the one that will actually have the, the final decision in all this. And when he wrote, his name is John, the Bible says that he was released from that punishment, and he began to speak, and all the people were amazed. And at that point, he fully believed, 100%. But it wasn't just then. I mean, you know that he had to know that he, he, he believed once she became pregnant. I mean, you can visibly tell when a woman's pregnant when she's six, seven months along, so why, why didn't he get he had to have believed at some point before the baby was born. But the angel told him, look, this is going to happen until it's fulfilled, until he's born, and, and so that's what happened. And so on that day, it, the, we'll just call it what I see it, it the, the the curse, the the spoken rebuked word was fulfilled and he got his voice back. And And the Bible says that all throughout the land that that people were just talking and whispering and chattering about what the Lord had done. Everybody knew this was a miracle. And so, all these great things that took place, and, and the thing that stood out to me as I was reading through this, was the fact that, I wonder how many times I've actually been doing the Lord's work, but it wasn't counted as credit for me because my, my mind or my heart wasn't right. You see, you see what I'm saying? Because my heart or my mind was like in the wrong place. It didn't believe. The Bible says that I'm an overcomer. The Bible says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But I don't act like that all the time. Well, apparently, I don't believe that at all the time. But I continue to do the Lord's work. But I don't know if I really believe that. You get where I'm going? Like we have so we have we have a book full of promises and and a book full of reminders that 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 tell us, you know, the simple fact that, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But yet, 90% of the time, if you ask somebody who's going through personal conflicts, how's everything going? It's going all right, man, just dealing with some family stuff. Doesn't the Bible say that's spiritual stuff? It's not family stuff, it's spiritual stuff. You're dealing with spiritual stuff. Yeah, you've got to handle the physical stuff, but Zechariah was handling the physical stuff, and it wasn't accounted to him. God didn't go, the angel didn't go, well, you know, you're in here doing the Lord's work, so I'm going to let this slide. Uh-uh. He says, You don't believe me? Here's your punishment. Here's your, here's your curse. Here's your, I'm going I'm to. And so that was my thought process. Got to get my head more wrapped around the spiritual. Quit thinking so much carnal and physical because that's not reality. The reality is, is that what we can't see, that's reality. All this is not reality. The Bible says that all this is going away. We don't act like that though. We just want to keep accumulating and accumulating and accumulating and hey, I need this and hey, I'm saving up money to buy this and all this so that, as the Bible says, we're, we're moth and, and rust destroy. You ain't taking any of it with you, but we just keep accumulating. We just saving account just keeps growing. Things on your list just keep building up and piling up. Why? Because we want things. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I I I want to have things. I want you to have things. I want you to enjoy life. I want to enjoy life. I just want to make sure that my priorities are right and that things are just something that I, I have. Things are just something that, that I use. They're not a part of me. They're not they certainly don't become an idol or a god. Like, we just bought a new fish, we just bought a new boat. And we're, we're already talking, every time we drive across the lake, Tara, Tara says, Lake, we're coming for you. Because we bought it at the end of summer. We didn't get a chance to use it but once. And so, we're, we're looking forward to getting to use it. And, and, and we are planning on using it, but I don't want it to become anything that has any defining over me or my life. But I want to have things. And I think that you can, but you got to keep the spiritual and the physical in order. And spiritual always comes before physical. And so what happened to Zachariah was he let the physical come before the spiritual. He let the physical because he said, how can this be? We're old. That's physical. And God says, the angel speaking for God on his behalf says, God don't deal in physical. God deals in spiritual. So when I'm telling you that you can move that mountain with the faith of a mustard seed, you can move that mountain. When I'm telling you that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood, that you wrestle against principalities, spiritual forces, unseen dark forces, that's your enemy, that's your enemy. The reality is, is this, this person over here that you can't get along with, that you, you're constantly into it with, is being driven by unseen forces. They're behind every bit of it. They're provoking and, and prodding and, and they're setting you off and they're setting them off and they can't get you on the same page when the reality is, is that most honestly, most conflicts are resolvable. Most conflicts are resolvable. Even wars are resolvable. It's just that people are not willing to be compromisable. And so that's what we, we turn into. So, the gist of it, we've got to think more spiritual. If Zachariah stands there and says, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but praise the Lord, I'm going to have a son, he did not become mute.
1: He just doesn't. But as we
0: see, that's not what He did. And so He put, as I said, the the physical over the spiritual. We've got to remain spiritual. That's why I believe in this church. When I look at the small numbers, my mind says we can't do this. That's reality. But when I look at y'all, I don't see you. I see what God has in His hands. And I know what we're capable of doing. Spiritually. And we're way more capable spiritually than we are physically. And that's where my faith goes to. That's why I believe in You. I mean, I don't even hardly believe in myself most of the time. So I don't believe in You enough to trust You to to make decisions and do all that stuff because I don't believe in myself that much. I just believe in God that much. Because I know I can mess it up. And if I can mess it up for me, you can certainly mess it up for me because you don't, you ain't gonna make decisions for me like I'm gonna make decisions for me. No offense yet, but you're not gonna be as concerned about my well-being as I'm gonna be concerned about it. It's like I'm, I can't be as concerned about yours as you are about yours. Your self-preservation is top priority. Well, my, my self-preservation is top priority for me. Now, you could have that for them. You would step in front of somebody and, and take a bullet for them, and I would for my family. But and it's not to say I would not for y'all, but it's going to be easier to do it for them than it is for y'all. It's like you'd do it for her without even thinking about it. She might not do it for Joe Dirt lives down the street. Yeah, you might go jump his car off his knees, it or something like that. But like to say, Man, I'd take a bullet for you, Joe, Mister Dirt. I take a bullet for you. You might, but not like you would her. And so, our, our self preservation has got to, to back up behind, only behind, whatever God is calling us to do and calling us into. Then everything else just falls in place spiritual before physical. So that's what I want you to take away from today. Spiritual before physical. Spiritual is reality. Physical is not. As I've stood up here and said a hundred times, how many times have you had to have something that a few years later, you put in a yard sale for 25 cents? You've done it. 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 And you've done it. You just had to have it. Was gonna change your whole life. And two years later, it's in a yard sale for a quarter. See, that that's reality is it didn't change your life. If it would have changed your life, it would have remained special. It would have remained, it would, you know. Kids change your life. An experience, an an experience with God changes your life. Listen, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna close this. If, if your experience with God did not change your life, then I would be concerned about your experience with God. That's, that's truth. Like if when, when you met God on your road, your dirt road, and He called your name, and He called you out of where you was to call you into something else, and that didn't transform your life into something renewed, as the Bible talks about, then I would, if I was you, I would be concerned. Not to say you don't have down times, you don't have moments where you struggle spiritually or you may go through times where you even doubt the existence of God. I have no problem with that. Everybody's got to work their own way to God. And many times, many people have gone through doubts where they've even questioned the the pure existence of a God, only to get to the other side to go, now I believe more than ever. Not everybody's that fortunate. Some people take that path and they never come back to the reality. But even if you've been there or you're there now, that's okay. You can't stay there. There has to be a transformation. There has to be something that changes and you have to get back to the point where God is number one because that's what He called you. He called you to come to step out of the world and into a place where He's number one. Into a place where Jesus is Lord. And if you're not there, then you're not where God called you to be. That's where you got to get to. That's what you were called into. You were called into the spiritual, not the physical. So take that away. Um, and just know that, that what we have here is we have a story of God preparing for Christmas. Just like you've put up trees, and you've decorated, and you've bought gifts, and you've, you've done all these things. You're preparing for Christmas. And what we see in the story of John and Zechariah is God simply preparing for Christmas, which is the birth of Jesus. So one of the, the many, many things that he did throughout thousands and thousands of years to prepare for that one day. I want you to go into the re- this, this upcoming Christmas day with the mindset that it took God thousands of years to decorate for Christmas. We were at a Christmas place last night and somebody said, I wonder how long it takes them to do all this. No, Nowhere near as long as it took God to get ready for the birth of Jesus. Thousands of years. Thousands. Working behind the scenes. All these things He did. I'm going to pray. I want you to pray. And then if you've got anything you want to share after this, um, I'll give you that second. But um, Father, I pray that You speak to our hearts And our minds and that you open our eyes to see where we are with you, God. And Father, maybe it's just that Christmas just is a little more commercialized than, than we need it to be in our lives. Maybe it's that we just, we haven't taken the, the spiritual side of our life, um, with quite as much attention as we have our our physical lives and we want to reverse that God we want to we want to become more spiritual than we do physical father maybe we just haven't been in a good place spiritually for a few days a few months or even a few years and we want to get back to that place where we think spiritual over physical God, that we do spiritual over physical. That you you're our first thought and you're a and and
1: you're our priority. God, whatever
0: it is. Maybe it's just little struggles that just sidetrack us. Maybe it's giant, enormous things that we, we have no control over whatsoever that just bombard us. Maybe we don't even know what it is. But we just know that just something, something isn't right. The truth of the matter is, the reality is that I don't know what's wrong, but my relationship with, with you just isn't, what it needs to be or where it needs to be at. And so, Father, whatever the situation, I, I pray for us, God, that You would speak to us, that You would just give us the strength, give us the courage to become the, the warriors and the overcomers that You called us to be. And then in Jesus' name, Father, we would accept that call. Whatever it may cost us, wherever it may take us, wherever it may lead, Father, if it's truly all about You, then Father, give us the strength and the courage to make it all about You. If we're going to say it's all about You. Father, I pray it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So I don't know if you have any thoughts. You have, I mean, this is an opportunity to, you know, you can confess if you want to. That's what the Bible says, confess to one another. But if you know, if you just feel like you just need to say, Lord, I just want to share that Lord ain't been, ain't been everything He needed to be in my life. And I want to change that. Y'all pray for me. or.
1: It is impossible. It is impossible. like that Amen to that.